where that we're doing this on, you sort of look at it, and then at the top, the leave button's greyed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, you can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> Three fingers, two toes, and an ear, and that's just to get half your body out. Yeah. Let's talk about the other half some other time. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like I've entered, I've entered Shakespeare. This is the Merchant of Venice. <laughs> I'm not leaving till you get your pound of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tellers Podcast. Absolutely, we'll do that again, Scrooge. Oh, awesome, excellent! <laughs> if you know what that sound was, send you know an email or something, and we may send. Please you tell one. me because I don't even know. <laughs> we might be able to send you a sticker or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, as you just heard, I'm joined. The, uh, the, I am. I am Jay. I forgot to totally say who I was, um, but I am joined today, uh, we're joined by a special guest, we'll come back to the special guest in a minute, I am joined, as I always am, except for when I'm not, by our illustrious co-host, Scritch, how are you, Scritch? I did it wrong again, didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> it's just become a habit for you. This will be like episode 130 something, and I keep getting it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Scritchy, how are you, Scritchy? Hello, Scritchy! Ooh, how are you, Scritchy? Woo! I'm not too bad. Good man, good man, good man. Okay, so we are joined today by Brian. How are you, my friend, Brian? Oh, thank you so much. I am doing fantastic. And I would first like to say thank you both so much for allowing me to join you today. Hey, you're very welcome, my friend. You're very welcome. Yeah. Anybody wants to talk video games with us, uh, I am. uh, the floor is open, right? I, I love talking video games with everybody. So, you know, it's it's one of my passions. So let's get everybody on to talk video games. That's where I'm all about. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. A, a good video game discussion. That's a great that's a great day for me. And you know, we're gonna talk about three franchises I love very much. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But usually before we get to those, uh what I'd like to know because this the, so we talk about what we've been playing recently. Uh, we pick like two or three games that we've been playing in a segment called Recent Games, which is just me doing something stupid there. And the reason for this is because I don't usually get to play a lot of video games. You know, I'm, I've got uh, the kids, got the work, I've got a million, billion other things to do, and I don't usually get time to sit down at one of my consoles and play a game, because usually when you turn the console on, it says, hey, you've got to download 4 million terabytes of data to update your system. And then you've got to download the updates for the games, right? So by the time it's uploaded, you know, I sit sit down to have a 15-minute game session. It takes me five hours. But um, the reason that we do recent games, one of the reasons, is so that um, I can get a view uh, of the great games that are out there, right? So, like, what I'd like to say, uh, Brian, is I'd like to know if you're willing to share two or three of the recent games you've been playing and whether you'd recommend them. I would love to. I actually would love to. And I was just thinking, you know what? Let me take this as a salesman. Let me sell you on the games I've been playing. (laughs) So, now, if you're a fan of multiplayer games and shooters... And you're a little bit tired of what's been going around. You know, the typical Call of Duties, the 
your typical shooters, there is a fantastic new game out today. It is called Splitgate. If you remember, if you remember Halo and Portal, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. all you need to know. It it is a lot of fun. It's just an online shooter that is just incorporates using portals and just looks like Halo. That's the first game I've been playing. It's called Splitgate. It you can lose yourself in the hours and matches that you're playing because they have all kinds of modes for it. My personal favorite is T-Bag confirmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yep. That is now. It. You're thinking what you're thinking there, Squidge. Whatever it was you were thinking is exactly that game mode. I have to say, it is loads of fun. <laughs> now, the best game I've been playing. This is the sec. This is why I want to use this one second because this is actually very personal and very special to me. Because I love the game Psychonauts. Mental health is very important to me. That's why on my own mm. shows, I always make sure to put an emphasis how important. To stay on top of depression, anxiety, everything, how important those are. And that's why I love Psychonauts. And Psychonauts 2 continues that even more. It, they always make sure to be respectful of, of mental conditions. And they, he does an amazing job depicting of what like anxiety, of what having OCD can be depicted inside the mind. And... It's a Raz's story. Rasputin's story in Psychonauts Two is just beautiful. I will admit, I have I cried. <laughs> I did cry a good bit when I was playing it. It hit me like God of War, which is one of my favorite PS4 games. <laughs> and then number three, of course, is Valheim. <laughs> and I'm a massive Norse mythology fan, so anytime I get to coincide um Viking Viking in Norse times, I'm happy. Awesome. And and it's another game where you can play online with people, but it, it, I'm a sucker for building games, so I can spend hours just building a house. So, <laughs> also the fact if someone annoys you, you can just climb them into him, okay? <laughs> exactly. Give him give him one of those fatal side partings. <laughs> it's just great because one of my friends, she's just like me. We're obsessed with building a mountain, a mountain kingdom. <laughs> Odin will be proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but th- those are my three games. And thank you for letting me go on about those three. I hey, know that's cool. Um, yeah, I've, I have played the first Psychonauts, and Psychonauts 2 is on my list, um, and I will get to it uh, you know, at some point, but it's it's getting to it, you know? So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that Psychonauts 2 is at least as good as, if not better, than the first one. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. You will be very happy. You will be very, very happy. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, Squidge, what have you been playing? A uh, mixture of two things. Um, I'll t- I'll tell you the the first one, which isn't as bad as the second one. I'll okay. get to that in a second. The first one I got um, Diablo Two Resurrected. Um, I figured, well, I, I just most of the time I'm just drawn to my Switch, um, so I got it on my Switch, and I was going to get it on a console because. I've played the original Diablo 2 on PC and it's kind of hard to switch between things. Whereas on the console, it's all mapped to different buttons. I'm just incredibly lazy. Um, <laughs> but I'm doing that. I've, in typical fashion, I've got right to the end, realized that I beasted through most of it when I shouldn't have. 
and now I've got nowhere to level up. So, you know, the the usual thing for me. Uh, so I've been playing a bit of that. And the other game I've been playing, the the endless pit of free time that I've kicked myself into, that I wish I hadn't, is Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, Re- the final mix. I wish I hadn't bothered now. Um... I th- it gives you all. It gave me all the time in the world, the, the prologue bit before you take control of Sora. It gave me all that time to think I shouldn't be doing this. I can turn back now. <laughs> I can turn back right now. I don't have to do this. But like a moth to a flame, I was dragged in by the promise of Kingdom Hearts and Disney <laughs> and random-looking Keyblades and running around in the Tron universe. I just no. I didn't have a. I, the minute I clicked start on that game, that was it. I was screwed. <laughs> Monumentally screwed. Oh so my. I'm playing that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, oh my. Oh my. I don't, I don't mind playing a good RPG every now and again. but uh, So uh, I feel like I'm going to be uh, making fun of Kingdom Hearts a little bit. But that's only because there's, what, 485 billion games in the series? Ah, you're 100% correct, but <laughs> honestly, it's the ending of part three, and because I'm a Persona fan, that I got really upset. I'll talk about that when we start talking about the Persona series and everything. <laughs> the, the ending of Kingdom Hearts 3, I sat there and I went, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, right there with you. I mean, I know this ending, and it's like, and they did it better. Mm. <laughs> but it's Kingdom Hearts 3 it's not even better with the DLC it gets mm. you get like I think it's half an hour more cutscenes and story that's about it and you get a lot of like massive gauntlet of boss battle after boss battle and it's once you start the DLC you can't go back to grind so if you start as a lower character you, you, that's, you, you're not as high a level that's it you can't go any further you're just relying on yourself which is a good thing I never bothered with it Oh, but, no. But Kingdom Hearts, I have a real problem with Kingdom Hearts, and it's that um, summons, magic, and anything other than smash him in the head with the Keyblade doesn't get used. So <laughs> I tend to struggle like hell. I don't strategize. I just think, there's the enemy. I've got something I can swing in my hand. I'm going to hit him with a massive key. And I, at certain points, I struggle. And what makes it worse is Kingdom Hearts 2, you don't start off with a roll like you do in the first one. So I'm having to stop, try and run round. I can't move quick enough to get out of the way. And at certain points, I think, ah, the hell with strategy, I'm just going to hit it over the head. And eventually it works. Eventually. Um, I like that. You know. I like that. I'll just keep hitting it over the head till it dies. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anyone else has done this, but in Final Fantasy VII Remake, the death house in the uh, Colosseum... I I didn't use magic. That that fight took me twenty seven minutes. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I a few minutes in because I didn't have any save file before I went into the fight, so I couldn't go back and level up. I didn't level up Aerith at all. Um, I was just at that point it was just bash hit him over the head, and I thought the hell with this. I'm just going to stick with it. Twenty seven minutes later, caked in sweat, voice gone hoarse. <laughs> I did it. Saved it, threw the pad down. I'm grabbing a shower. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a drop the mic, it's just to drop the controller. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> mm. Oh, yep, yep. that was great oh my goodness you know what that's just stubbornness and I salute it I'm playing this game my way it's like I refuse your mechanics it's like I'm playing it my way yeah and now I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 2 in exactly the same way and it's not going well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just not <laughs> oh my goodness so so okay then so aside from Diablo 2 and getting to a point where you haven't leveled up enough and Kingdom Hearts 2 and not playing it properly is, is that what you've been playing or is that, yeah. are there more things no, just that. Lots of okay. frustration. Right, lots of frustration. <laughs> lots of showers, by the sounds of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Lots enough. of button mashing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so for me, it's been um, Samurai Warriors 5 on the Switch, because sometimes you just want to get dropped in the middle of a battlefield and just button bash your way out of it. Uh, and, you know, like I said, if I want a 15-minute game, that's what I'm going to do, right? Um, and that's, you know, I've been playing that for a while. Like, it came out in July, I want to say, and I've had loads of fun with that. Uh, for people who haven't played them, the Samurai Warriors games, along with the Dynasty Warriors games, they're all the same story, just told ever so slightly differently with different characters. So the Dynasty Warriors ones are set during the Romancing of the Three Kingdoms, the sort of uh, the medieval, I want to say medieval to, uh, era, for uh, for China, but we're talking like the the turn of the tenth, uh, yeah, tenth century, um, and the Samurai Warriors one is think of samurai. That's the time period it's saying, right? Uh, that's the really quick way to say what uh, era it's set in. And I, I kind of like this one because it's it's got this like cell shaded feel to it, so it's got that kind of really cool art aesthetic going on. Um, and the other one, um, you mentioned it already, Brian. Uh, we're playing a bit of Splitgate with some of my friends. You know, we throw up, a, we've got a Discord server. We all jump in there. We start Splitgate and attempt to play it and uh, invariably lose because I'm on the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but even when you lose, it's so much fun. It's, I, oh, this, absolutely. It's, 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 I don't need to win. It's like, even when I'm losing, I'm having friends, fun with my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine described it as Portal meets Unreal Tournament, which, yeah, Unreal Tournament slash Halo, you know, they're sort of the same thing. Uh, But yes, which some of the, so each of the uh, matches you play, they're all supposed to be sort of really short in the same way as Unreal Tournament, right? You drop in, two minutes, you come out, right? And then the next match starts, you drop in and come out sort of thing. And um, yeah, the teabag confirmed one, what you got to do you got to shoot the enemy and then really quickly run over to their body and, you know, hit the crouch button a bunch of times over their head and you score a point. Then you got to shoot someone else and do the same thing again. <laughs> Best mode. Best mode. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's good to know that that part of a person's body can score points in a video game. Mm-hmm. That's seriously underutilized for years. <laughs> the majority of them, anyway. So. <laughs> 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 they obviously saw it. 
<laughs> they obviously saw, you know, a gap in the market. Went for it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, can I just create the image of the whiteboard meeting for this, <laughs> gentlemen? Gentlemen, today we come here. I come here to present you a very important meeting. This is the crotch that is not utilized in video games today. <laughs> what can we do to take advantage of this miraculous unused item? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I could interject, I think uh, we can't actually show it on screen. So if we use it as a physical attack or something that you could add a taunt with, that might work. <laughs> Attach points to it. I'm just spitballing here, you know. Yeah, and so you will be. <laughs> Give him a bonus. <laughs> this man, he has just changed the gaming world as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the fact that you both did not miss a beat. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> oh jeez. And uh, you, you know what the best part about it is, Squidge? It's free. Okay. It's free. It's free to play. Um but I do. Ha- I have noticed a couple of times that when you start playing it, there's like a timeout, and it says, "Hey, I need to try and reconnect," because there's that many people playing it. Right? Yeah. They didn't expect it to do so well, but they haven't really got the server infrastructure. Okay, they have got the server infrastructure. They didn't. They don't have the server infrastructure that they need because of how popular it's become. Um, but it is completely free to play. It's loads of fun. Definitely, definitely check it. A bit like Fall Guys in the first week. You have to wait a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Very fair. That's a yeah. very fair way of putting it. Yeah. I've just got the image of mods people in Fall Guy skins playing that teabag mode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. TikTok. Send mode. help, please. Send help. This is not good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, that one made me tear up a little. <laughs> there we go. Point to me. I broke the guest. <laughs> that was good, though. That was too good of a comparison. <laughs> yeah, we've lost Brian. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Squidge, it's definitely worth giving it a try. Um, and uh, I, from my experience, it's like. Um, like I say, I, I'm, I'm in a Discord group. We throw the, the uh, audio channel on and everybody joins. And it's like, hey, we're all on, because we're all playing it on PC, right? So you're all on Steam. You go, join my game, join my game, join my game. And then you're chatting while you're, while you're, you're running around and attempting to win, but invariably losing. Um, but what I think is really cool about it is the developers behind it have been completely open with like, the way that they've built the game and the way that first-person shooters as a sort of genre work, uh, especially the multiplayer ones. So what, they, what they've what they said, uh, I believe there's a TikTok for this. I'll, I'll track it down if I can for the show notes. But what they've said is all multiplayer first-person shooters like Call of Duty, Battlezone, uh, Splitgate, things like that, 
um, that have a leveling system. For the first 20 levels, they overpower you. So then you think, hey, I'm really good at this. So you keep playing until you get past those first 20 levels. And then when you hit level 21, what happens is it gives you the actual power that you should have, the actual abilities you should have at level 21. And then what happens is, like on a psychological level, you think, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm playing against more powerful people, more experienced people. So, you know, I'm going to plateau a little bit. But actually, a way to, it's a way to drive you to play the game a lot for the first 20 levels is to make you overpowered so that you run around a corner, fire two bullets and wipe everyone out. It's a really sort of sneaky tactic that they do, but apparently all first-person shooters do this. So, yeah. A little bit of knowledge for your face. Or for your ears, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little cheeky there. I don't know. It, it's like the reversing of a Smurf account. I don't like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that false sense of security. It's like, it. I'm so good. But then afterwards, <laughs> you're just... Why am I dying? <laughs> Why can't I get a kill? After that rug gets whipped away, you fall on your face and then everyone teabags you. <laughs> <laughs> you just have someone in the voice chat going, this is the real world, grow up! <laughs> <laughs> I like that, I like that. <laughs> but... Um, but we were able to we were able to see that uh, that sort of weird tiered leveling system in action when I first joined because like I I found out about Splitgate about three weeks after the majority of my friends did um, and they were all like level twenty level thirty because you get bonuses for playing it every single day so as long as you play it once every twenty four hour period you get a bonus of you know extra experience or whatever and you get like a streak of playing it every day. Um, and so I, I jump in at level 1 and they're at level 20, level 30. And because I'm level 1, it pairs us up with other people who are level 1. Excuse me, it won't let you play against someone who's a higher level than you. So because I'm jumping in at level 1 and I'm ridiculous, ridiculously overpowered, all of these other level 1s are ridiculously overpowered. And my friends, who are not ridiculously overpowered, get wiped out by these noobs, right? <laughs> but then as soon as I leave, as soon as I leave the game... They're then back to, you know, sort of normal standard play. So, yeah, we've seen it. We know it's a thing. And, you know, people who listen to the show a lot will know that I'm a dev in real life. So I look for these kinds of things. How does this work? How does that work? So, yeah, it's been interesting to actually see it almost. uh, Because when we're on the Discord, one of the guys will just stream his screen as well. So I can watch the game after I've left. And, yeah, they they just start flying. And, yeah. So I'm quite literally making the team really bad. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, but you make yourself look good in the process. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jump in level one, massacre everyone, and then go, my house! That's it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone who remembers Unreal Tournament, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, uh, our Quake Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Quake 3 Arena. I used to play that on the Dreamcast. I had it for the PC as well, but I used to like play single-player mode on the Dreamcast. Uh, that, that, that controller was not built for first-person shooters. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Dreamcast, unfortunately, 
everyone just remembers like the Sonic Adventures, and it's mm-hmm. like, but there were some masterpieces like Ill Bleed on the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. games that were bizarre and strange but drew you in. Mm-hmm. And Seaman. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Am I the only one who wished he would have sang the Bilbo song? <laughs> I'm like so it. glad you knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah. With, so, with, so, with sort of like karaoke lyrics on the bottom and yes, extra points ex- if you sing along with it. <laughs> Exactly. You can have little hobbits just pop up on screen. That's it. We've got to track down these game stems and tell them, look, we've had this brilliant idea. Go make this game, okay? (laughs) Just do this. So what I'm thinking is, here's the pitch. You go there and you say, re-release it for PC with microphone support. That's it, right? Karaoke mode. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then here's the kicker: it's only one song. <laughs> it's only one song. That's it, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so to set the whiteboard scene, right, guys? We've um, we've got this license to this uh, underutilized. Uh, Sega game. Yes, I know Dreamcast, blah, blah, blah. But it used this microphone to communicate into the game, right? Everyone now has a podcast, which means everyone's got a video. Everyone could play this video game, which means we've got this untapped market. We've got the license to make this game, but we need one killer feature for it. Hit me with a killer feature. You have the guy in the back. Um, you know, um, karaoke's still popular amongst the youth. And, you know, Leonard Nimoy sang that song back in the day about Bilbo Baggins. What, what if we, um, you know, put, like, a karaoke track to it? And you can sing along to it. <laughs> Give that man a raise. Give that man a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, jeez Louise. And you know what? For DLC, we'll get Shatner to come in and record us. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be the special, the special DLC Shatner's E Man. <laughs> what is up, my gamers? Please take care of me. We we've got to do that now. We got to somehow do that, right? I'm a dev. I'm sure I can figure out how to do it. We just need to get in contact with Bill Shatner now. Like, only thing I ask is, please don't give it the little antenna. It has to have Shatner's hair. <laughs> with Shatner's hair. <laughs> That's how it has to look. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, listeners, send in your best Photoshop of Seaman with Shatner's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare fuel. <laughs> the only thing you have to be careful of, it's going to talk very long and steal every scene it's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Don't put any furniture in the room, it'll start chewing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh oh, it started singing Rocket Man. Oh dear. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't start playing Bohemian Rhapsody. No. That's if you don't take care of it. If you don't take care of it, you're forced to listen to it and it won't let you turn off the game. <laughs> you can't all tab out of it, no nothing, you've got to listen to it. It's like the Stanley Parable, instead of unlocking a, a, an achievement for leaving it for five years, you start the game up and it's like, where have you been? I want to sing. And it just sings you the, the, great, the greatest hits. You can hear the bunny quest right, the greatest hits of the Bill Shatner collection. <laughs> You mean the greatest hit? Yeah, unskippable. <laughs> yeah. It would be like those old commercials from when we were kids. It will be the seaman floating above a stool. <laughs> It'll have the zoom in on the face in the background <laughs> as it's singing. <laughs> <laughs> And Genius. you'll just hear that, you'll, you'll hear that, for some reason, that same commercial voice. His is a voice that has moved a thousand generations. <laughs> <laughs> Call now, and you can have all of his greatest hits. <laughs> Call now when we stop this. <laughs> that's, the micro, that's the microtransaction. Call now and we will stop it. Boy. That's how they monetize it. That's yeah. how they monetize it for the new age. You have to pay to get back control of your, of your console or computer. So, so for future reference... If that does actually happen, I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what have we done? We've gave developers too powerful of an idea. <laughs> we didn't stop to think about whether we should. It just focused on whether we could. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'll be the one in the back going, I'm sorry, that was funny. It was still funny. <laughs> We're all living in them. In a post-apocalyptic barren wasteland because of these practices, and one person goes, well, I thought it was funny. <laughs> I can see that as well, like a really long sort of establishing shot of like, like you say, a post-apocalyptic wasteland. There's like houses are falling to pieces. There's people walking past in like uh, scraggly bits of clothing, uh, uh, sort of digging at the ground to try and find some food. There's like a, a single, like, a, I don't know, like an A-flat or something, something that sounds really upsetting to people when they hear it, but played through strings, so it really gets the heart tugging and, you know, slowly panning across more people in trouble, more people in trouble, and then it, we see Squidge over, over, off in the background and slowly zooms in on him, gets right up to his face, so there's like a really close in, um, uh, a close-up, and he just goes... Thought it was funny at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Have that dark, somber music the entire time, just leading up to the zoom up of the face, and then it just goes all of a sudden deadpan. Nothing. It just. I thought it was good. (laughs) Then, Then the ending shot, the camera goes all the way out, and it moves across, and you see roaming bands of people decked out with weapons and armor looking for PCs to smash. Because in the background, 
somewhere in the city, you can hear the one remaining copy that no one's found. <laughs> Hundreds of years later, still going. You just hear that narrator going, you will never be done with this. This is a voice that will move the people. <laughs> Once the voice enters your soul, it will never leave. Seaman 2052. Right, that's your trailer right there. Boom. <laughs> Forget yeah. Mad Max. This is the post apocalyptic <laughs> movie we need. <laughs> it's the post apocalyptic movie we deserve. That's what it is. We don't need it, we deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! See, this is what I love about doing. Oh, the show, my ribs right? are hurting. My ribs are actually hurting. Oh, oh my goodness! This has oh, been so much geez. fun. This has, been, this has honestly been the best. But seriously, oh I apologize if any of that comes to fruition. I can only apologize. Well, we did not know what now. we were doing. <laughs> we were drunk with power. <laughs> I swear, this was just for comedy. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> if there was a time we needed John Teeter to come back in time, it's now. <laughs> oh, 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 goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, so, <laughs> with that wonderful thing that we just did, <laughs> having been said and done, um, any of you chaps been playing anything else recently? Or is are, are those the, the top games you've been playing? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, cool. Those, well, those are my top three, yeah. Okay, cool. For, for those of you who've played the Final Fantasy series, specifically Final Fantasy X, you'll know what the Thunder Plains is. But for those who don't, um, the Thunder Plains games is essentially something that is vaguely reminiscent to, but for legal purposes completely different from, a certain BBC Radio 4 program called Desert Island Discs. On Desert Island Discs, what, what the host does is they say, we're going to maroon you on a desert island. You can take three or four albums with you and a book with you. What are those albums and books? But what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to imagine that you are in the world of Final Fantasy X and that the Thunder Plains is a place that you get banished to. And what we're going to do is we're going to open up a portal to the Thunder Plains and very nicely and very politely boot you through it. You will get help Maybe it'll be tomorrow, maybe it'll be in a week, maybe it'll be in an hour. But to stop you from getting bored, we've said that we'll keep the portal open and throw through the portal up to three video games and everything that you need to play them, including access to the internet. The only rules are that you cannot ask for help because help is already on the way and that you can't tell anyone that you're in the Thunderplane games. So my question to you, Bray, is... Were we to throw, boot, or yeet you through the portal? Which games are you going to take with you, and why? Okay. I actually put a lot of thought into this, and 
It's actually funny. I was thinking of this like more of a really messed up version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like a segment <laughs> from that. So, for my three games, the first one would be Graveyard Keeper. Mm. Because I need a game to where I can get myself lost into mindless details and just where I'm not focused on time, where it can go by, but at the same time, I'm still being stimulated and I'm still using my mind for critical thinking. Because it's more than just clicking buttons. You have to think about the process of what you're doing in Graveyard Keeper. There's more than just, hey, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go take care of some, take care of some dead bodies and go do the church. You gotta think about the process of like, okay, I gotta do, take care of these bodies, make them to the zombies, get them to be self-automated, start getting me stone, bring the stone here so I can have a stone quarry. It, it just helps to make the creative, my creative thinking going and keeping that line of thinking. Then I would also need to have Stardew Valley. Because then with that's going to make my critical thinking work even harder at that point. Because then we're going to start kind of incorporating the whole relationships and romance values in Stardew Valley. And because I can't interact with people outside, at least I'm giving myself faux relationships with that. <laughs> and I don't need to try to watch what I'm saying. It's like I can just yell at the screen when I'm playing the game like, why are you accepting this gift? Why are you like this? Be normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm just imagining Morbo from uh, Futurama. <laughs> Love me, human. <laughs> and another news, I will destroy you all. Take my gift. <laughs> I need to tend to my radishes. <laughs> Barbo will plant you all. I was actually thinking of the gas cloud from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one where they got stuck. You're looking for Star Trek. The Star Trek <laughs> tips. <laughs> and if you know what I'm talking about, you probably feel very sorry for the people in those games now. What are you doing to them? Oh my goodness! That is, I'm going to need all the mods I can get for both of those. <laughs> and now, my last and third final game, because I've got two games where I've actually put a lot of thought into. The last thing I need is just something simple and dumb to where I can call it my guilty pleasure. <laughs> or it's like there's nothing needed except press one button. And if I'm going to go that route, of course, I just want one of the original God of Wars on PS2. <laughs> Send me a PS2 and God of War. <laughs> just hit circle all day. Exactly. It's like, ah, uh, nothing else required. There's no real thinking required for this. Just mindless violence. Exactly. Uh, let it sink in. Uh, it's like, this is just, this is just great. It's like, by the time my rescue comes, it's like, uh, are you ready to leave? Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go home. I like it here now. First person to actually say that. <laughs> Everyone else has said, I can't wait to leave the Thunderplanes. I'm taking these wonderful games with you, but I want to go home. And, then, and you're like, I don't want to go home. This is, this is perfect. 
keep the snacks coming, I'll stay here. <laughs> it's like, whoa, whoa, it's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. You're saying you're going to give me even more snacks? Nah, I ain't going. <laughs> like, y'all messed up. I'm only halfway through this. I'm only halfway through Stardew Valley. <laughs> He's sitting there going, this is a bet you're all going to lose, my friends. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, sirs, you do not realize the gentleman you have put in here. My, it's like, my nephew, he, he knows my personal life statement is just the way I like it. Nice and boring. <laughs> that, that is my real life saying. I've said that to my nephew as he's watched me play Farming Simulator. This is boring. Just the way I like it. <laughs> nice and boring. Excuse me while my brain divorces my body for half an hour. Just, it'll go sit on the shelf and I'll just sit here and play Farming Simulator and just stare. <laughs> that mindless zombie stare of uh, no, no, there's a reason these games exist right they, they are legitimately fun to play and, yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to just get in a tractor on a farming simulator and just go rogue see if I can go into a major city and just run people down is that wrong <laughs> see if you can run people over and ram raid a bunch of like smash into the bank and steal loads of money and drive off at four miles an hour come and get me fans no, no not the bank you ram you ram raid a supermarket and go you pay me pittance for this I'm taking it back and you just put it on a trail in the back and just drive away you know a lot of the modern games I feel like because I am a massive Monty Python fan. Monty Python is one of the things I love most in this world. That's my favorite comedy troupe. I respect the f*** out of Terry. I respect Terry Gilliam very much. And it feels like the people who make games nowadays took inspiration from Monty Python. Because there are moments it feels like I'm that guy walking down, walking down the road and I'm seeing a sheep jump out of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just walking and I just see the that <laughs> and then as I walk up the game the developers right there and I'm like what, what's going on here sheep are trying to fly and I'm just what <laughs> it's like well, what is this <laughs> why is this we thought it was interesting absolutely <laughs> Sheep's <laughs> trying to fly the cow is down the post office getting his pension uh, <laughs> the ghost complains being overcharged at the supermarket you know meanwhile the farmer is is has, has broken into the supermarket losing his damn mind on the tractor to, to take not only can he not not only can he not find the farmyard animals but he's just sat there he's going I could have done anything with my life and I'm just going around the same Bloody field, left, right, and centre, all day. Uh, it's like NASCAR, but slow. I can't deal with it anymore. My, it's like, my life has become bloody animal farm. Orson <laughs> Wells, what have you condemned me to? <laughs> the only reprieve you get is going into a different field and creating crop cycles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> what have we done? Uh, uh, 
Man, every time Pez passes the animal, the animals are just looking at him. They're even more sophisticated now. <laughs> it's like, this isn't fair. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I was going to mention something about the horse being a TikTok star, but I'll leave it. Yeah, we'll leave it here. <laughs> Too busy to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> that's, that's why I was excited for those for the thunder playing. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I think I I can honestly put my hand in my heart and say that is that's the best answer for the thunder planes ever. <laughs> I think we could we could stop making the podcast now. We're never going to get any better than that. <laughs> We've peaked. That's it. Peaked. That's it. <laughs> you encountered the one man who said he would never leave. Nah, I like it here. Nah. Nah, you can go. It's like, sirs, I am a very patient human being. <laughs> Um, Thunder Plane's only weakness, someone with patience. (laughs) 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 Maybe we have to drop some monsters in there. (laughs) Ah, be (laughs) So we've gone through those things. We've learned a little bit about you there, Brian. Um, what we're going to say is, let's talk about some of the game series that we really, really love, right? Because one of the things that we do with uh, for those for people who listen to the show but never go to the website, um, there's a page on the website uh, called "Those Games We Played," which lists every single game we ever talked about. And then uh, the number of times we've talked about it, and it links off to every single episode where we've talked about it. Uh, I was showing someone this yesterday, actually, and uh, at the time of recording, I believe we've talked about uh, things like Resident Evil 2, the remake from 2019, I believe 22 times. So that's once across 22 different episodes, and if you click it, it shows you all the the times it shows up. Um, But... what I want to talk about is what are the, the game series that we love, right? The, 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 the series where if they release a new game, we're, we're going to rush out and buy it, right? Because we've loved all of the others in the series. Um, so what are the, which, which series are these? So, uh, Brian, why don't you tell us some of the, the game series that you will just, I'll, I'll just go buy it because there's a new one because I know it's going to be amazing because it, whatever it is, it tickles that, that, itch that you have for playing that amazing game I immediately had the three images pop up Resident Evil Resident Evil I will immediately always go out and buy it Silent Hill it has hurt so much the fact that we have not had a new Silent Hill Mm. and that series has it's gone through the ringer and it deserves to come back to its plateau of one of the best survival horrors where it deserves to be Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, Shin Megami Tensai Persona. It, it, oh my, it, these are all three series I've played since I was a, a 
little, little, little dude. I remember when PlayStation first came out, and I got I had the PlayStation when it when it was first released, and then 1996. Here comes a little game called Resident Evil that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then right after that, Silent Hill and those sirens. Actually, I will always remember in my mind. And then right after that, I actually played the original Persona, um, Persona, in, not Persona Innocent Sin, just the first self-titled Persona on PlayStation, and then playing the second one on emulator. And I fell in love with the series, which, unfortunately, Persona 3 is a masterpiece. And to bring it back full circle, that's why I don't like Kingdom Hearts 3, because Persona 3 did it better. <laughs> did the ending better but it's kind of like with Evil Dead the bringing in circle around circle again how we brought up Evil Dead in Evil Dead 1 that was just a strictly horror movie mm. Evil Dead 2 because Sam Raimi lost the rights it became a comedy horror movie remake mm-hmm. Persona Persona 1 and 2 are strictly a horror themed RPG series Persona 3 is when they introduce the relationships the more open world RPG aesthetic and it's actually because and then because of that we got Persona 4 which actually to tell you the truth that's actually the help because of Jojo Diamond is Unbreakable <laughs> that game's actually heavily inspired from that anime mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah besides video games I'm a massive Jojo fan guys <laughs> but and then, of course, we which led to the crescendo, which is Persona Five. It, it's getting the Skyrim treatment already. It came out on PS4, but then they re-release it on PS4 again, called the Royal. Mm. We'll probably see another re-release of it again on PS5. Probably. Ooh. I mean, there's no real games for PS5 at the moment. It's just re-releases because. In the in the first what eight months to year and a half, you never get a lot of new games in a games life cycle. I mean, I was stung with you know never buy a console at launch. I was stung twice in my lifetime: the Wii U and uh, the 3DS. And I waited with the Wii U. It was about five months before games started coming out. With the 3DS, I waited a full nine months before stuff started to come out. And the same with the Switch. Um. When I got mine, I got mine with the... I got um collector's edition Breath of the Wild with a statue. And I I started playing that. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. It was a bit too much. So I got three arcade games that was on the Neo Geo and I spent the first five months playing them mm-hmm. instead of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, it, and it's actually funny because... I'm sure we all three of us can remember every time a console released, it's like, I'm going to have to wait a few months because there's really nothing on there. Mm-hmm. The, o- the only time I remember there really being games that I genuinely enjoyed was, bring it back again, the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast had one of the best launch titles releases. Because you had Space Channel 5, Sonic Adventure 1... Um, there was a whole bunch more than that. Oh, I think Seaman was actually a launch title. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back again. <laughs> just, just not the Shatner version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the version us three are going to work on for next year, right? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're getting ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> but one of the things I do want to also point out is that, as I was saying with Resident Evil, it's... I've actually, because I've gotten, because I'm older now, I've actually gone back. I, as I was playing Resident Evil The Village and then playing Resident Evil 7, I was like, oh, these games are masterpieces. But it's kind of funny how they just throw you this random story and you're like, what does this have to even do with the actual Resident Evil canon? Well, I'm an idiot. Because I was one of those people when I was younger, I bashed Resident Evil 6 a lot. Now, since I'm older now, and I actually can appreciate things, I went back and played Resident Evil 6 recently, and I went, wow, I'm a butthead. This game's actually not bad. There's actually a lot of good things about Resident Evil 6, which I know there are people out there going, pulling out their hair right now, and it's just, <laughs> hey, um, guys, you kind of got to go through what I went through. You kind of got to grow up. <laughs> you got to grow up past that point where you want to complain about everything, where everything is poo-poo, mm. and you'll realize that, there's actually, like, the controls of Resident Evil. It introduced some very interesting dynamic controls. And Resident Evil 7, unfortunately, if you don't play Resident Evil 6, you don't know they mentioned the Bakers in Resident Evil 6. Yeah. They talk about the Bakers. And then the masterpiece of The Village. That's mentioned, they reference about the Plagas and then some mystery woman in Resident Evil 4. So I have gone and I have gotten an in even greater love of the story of Resident Evil. I mean, the fact. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but, but um, oh, sorry, Re- Resi Village, Miranda. Yes. If you if you read up all of the stuff about her, you realise that. Um, I mean, I'll put a spoiler warning in here because I'm going to mention stuff at the end. She. She's around for like 100 years ago, right? She loses a kid. She becomes a scientist. She teaches Oswald Spencer everything that he knows. She does research into the the mold and the uh, caddo and a few of the bits and bobs. He goes in a different direction to work on immortality and evolution. So she actually teaches Oswald Spencer everything he knows before he creates a company. So it's, it's that nice round circle. And of course, it, the symbol you see in Village, that's, I remember doing that puzzle in part four. You, if you remember in part four, when you first go to the church, after you fight the dogs for the first time, when they transform, when you go inside, there's a little puzzle on an altar where you have to make the symbol on the stained glass. That's the symbol from Village. It's, I love it. It's, they really, they did a fantastic job and that is amazing storytelling. Mm. And you can go back into older games and you see it, and I'm, it's just so impressive. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something to have it all all connected. I w- I just wish we could get Dino Crisis again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they could, if they could pretend that the second one didn't have an ending, um, and that the third one didn't mm-hmm. exist, it would allow them to remake it, right? Because I've actually thought about this, and I think I've mentioned it a few times on the on the podcast. Like, imagine a Dino Crisis, but in the RE engine, and how absolutely terrifying that would be. Quick, quick pop question, really quick, just interrupt it. Uh, what go. does the RE in RE engine stand for? Oh, 
Oh my goodness, that's it. I found this out the other day. I actually do not know. Do you know, Jay? Uh, so you told me what it means, and what I'm going to do is I'm not going to, I'm not going to give the game away. I'm going to let you uh, tell the people. <laughs> the symbol gives the meaning away. It's a hand on a moon. It's called Reach for the Moon Engine. Oh my! That wow! Because a lot of people think it means Resident Evil Engine. It's not. It's Reach for the Moon Engine. Oh wow! Sorry to derail you, but I just thought I might ask. <laughs> oh, no, that's actually really cool. I did not know that. And because actually I was just thinking too about another really good, uh, another good route for Dino Crisis. I was, I was going to say, dare say, put it in the evil with evil within two style. Because mm-hmm. evil within part one, I was kind of iffy with, but part two blew me away. That was, it's like, oh, Shinji Mikami, you did it again. Great job. <laughs> 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 you're brought, it's like, buddy, I, I love you. It's like, but then again, you're you're one of those guys who's been with me since I was a, since I was a little dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I played almost every one of his games, and I'm actually looking at his list here, and I'm like, wait a minute, I have played every one of his games: <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil, Dino Crisis, um, God Hand. That's one of my favorite games on PS2. Mm-hmm. It's because it's so weird, it's so wacky and interesting, and then Vanquish. It, that's a game that did not get the attention it deserved. It, that's all I can say about Vanquish. And and then, of course, he went on to just do Evil Evil Within 1 and 2. And it's like, yeah, I like Part 1, but Part 2 is just... It, that's... It, the rare time when the sequel is even better than the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, didn't happen every time, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. Um... What, what I love about the Resident Evil series is that it's, um, so we've, we've talked with a guy called Alex O'Neill, who, uh, this year, was it this year? I think it was this year. It was last year. It was last year, actually, uh, released a book called, Res- uh, H.E. Tasty, an unofficial history of Resident Evil. And, you know, he, so he, he lives and works in Japan in the games industry. So he's interviewed a whole bunch of, uh, ex Capcom employees about, um, Resident Evil and you know some people do know some people don't know but Resident Evil was an attempt at a 3D remake of an NES title that never got released outside of Japan I actually know I know a game you're actually about to say they actually made a movie for that game it was uh, tied in with the release of that game it was mm-hmm. it was uh, so the game was the, the game was the game version of the movie right and because of the way yep. that movie licensing rights work it never got released outside of Japan because it meant they need to release yep, the yep. movie outside of Japan and the movie didn't do that well. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna. I apologize. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Um, and yeah, for those who don't know, it was a, a top-down a JRPG uh, slash survival horror. I suppose it was one of the first survival horrors uh, called um, Sweet Home, and it had really cool features like uh, permadeath. Right, so if a character mm-hmm. died, that was it. They're gone. Right, which meant that you had branching ways to get through the the scary, spooky mansion um, because you needed all I believe it was six or eight people in your party to get out of the uh, the mansion. And if someone died, then that meant you couldn't continue your, down that path. You had to take a different path, which is I think a really cool way to do it. But um, also, of course, Resident Evil being um, there's that there's that wonderful like. Uh, 
dual meaning in the name as well. I've always, uh, I've always seen it as it's the, it's referencing the evil that is resident within all of us. Um, and then, uh, but then obviously when the first one came out, there was just that one. And it's the evil that is in the, that is resident in the house, right? Until you get to the end and you realize, I mean, spoilers, right? For 1996, but, um, you know, uh, that, that it's the evil within Wesker. He's, he's, he's turned this entire thing into a training mission for, for the, uh, for the creatures that he was, that he had a hand in, in creating. And he's collated all this data and he's going to go sell it off to the highest bidder. Um, and so it's the evil that is resident within him, but also it's a spooky zombie house, right? All of that mm. from all of this entire series, the, the games, the CGI anime style movies, the pretending to be Resident Evil movies. Yeah, those never happened. Absolutely. Never happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those, those fanfic movies never happened. Um, you know, all of that from, a remake of a top-down 2D JRPG. Fantastic. (laughs) So much respect. It's amazing. It really is. I'm so happy that you actually brought up Sweet Home because I was trying to think, wait, how can I bring up Sweet Home (laughs) and have it make sense? (laughs) I'm I'm happy to just crowbar stuff in. I I don't mind. I'll be that person. (laughs) (laughs) Tangents is what we do. Just bring it up. Absolutely. Don't matter. (laughs) but it's just fantastic that that you just brought it up like that because it this is the one franchise where you can literally trace it through every generation of games i can't honestly think of any other franchise that's like that except for maybe donkey kong but that stretches only back to the super nintendo mm-hmm. possibly mario Super Mario. Oh well, wait, no, no, you're 100. You're 100 correct for that because yeah, that and you can even go so far as to say that stretches back to the actual just regular arcade systems with the Mario Bros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I just meant well. Then again, can we really say Mario has an actual plot? <laughs> <laughs> Run left to right and jump on stuff. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd probably say after all these decades. Mario's boss back in the real world is really f***ed off that he hasn't turned up to work still. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine that? (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't come into work for the last three weeks, boss. Uh, I I got sucked down at a pipe, went to a magical world full of mushrooms, um, had to fight a gigantic lizard to get my girlfriend back, who then got trapped by the giant lizard again. Okay, Mario, we need you to take a drugs test. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, this is for you. This is for you. Hold on, because if this is going to be Mario's boss, it has to be. I- I'm sorry, it has to be a mob boss. <laughs> hey, Mario, you tell me that you think it's only been three weeks since you come to see me. In reality, it's been at least thirty years. <laughs> Number one, I'm going to need you to at least take a drug test because we need to see why you think it's only been three weeks. And number two. The boys over there are going to break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Just see him bolting out of the mob boss's office, trying to dive into a toilet to get away from his legs being, legs being broken. Diving headfirst into the first Louie finds. Like, what you, Flush, get me out of here! Luigi, boys. Luigi, you'll help me. Uh, Mario, your brother's been dead for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Spoiler! <laughs> it's the Goodfellas scene. <laughs> Luigi was getting me, was supposed to get me. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> he gets brought in and they're just, oh no! Boom! <laughs> and then, wow, 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 the next thing you know is what they just have feet running because that's one life he's got like 26 others and he just he just appears behind him and then legs it legs out of the building <laughs> oh my goodness oh my oh my sister <laughs> oh <laughs> I think though I, I think you're absolutely right that um, that that uh, Silent Hill needs a, a new entry right because we had the, so I know of there's the first three Silent Hill uh, games and then there were a bunch of these are Silent Hill ish um, on the PSP and then no I think that was about it yeah. wasn't it. <laughs> yeah and then they had a, then they did they tried to do a few on the Wii and it's just why the motion controls I think there was five oh, wait, wait. six they, six games after three Silent Hill games six okay. of them yeah and then they did they did the um, they did one on the Xbox 360 that was supposed homecoming. to be yep Homecoming that was going to be the prequel because you play that game could have been so much more if they would have actually explored the idea of you being the convict there was so much more they wanted to do exploring that mm. because you were the bad guy Yet, Which? for some reason, there was a stigma that all the developers had that I don't want to be the villain. And it's just this is guys. This is subversive storytelling. It's mm-hmm. the idea of taking a story into and changing it and subverting expectations. It had the right idea, but then it just fell short because they wanted to take it safe. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, the thing that got me about that, I'm I'm trying to. Get it right. If it is the one way of the prisoner, it's yes. you've got you've got a story within a story within a story, with branching um, endings. And one of the endings is the person who's chasing you ends up being in prison, and you're you're their jailer. That is yes. the Silent Hill ending. I would rather have a UFO ending over that, or, or a dog ending. Well, you, know, you go through that, a certain door, and the dog's just controlling everything. You know, <laughs> I'd rather have that. It makes more sense. Well, no, no, and that's actually 100% correct. That was another thing. They lost the feel of Silent Hill. Where's the goofy ending to where you're like, wait, why am I walking through this door? And like you just said, why is there a dog with controls? (laughs) It's like, no, that is a bad dog. Bad dog. (laughs) How dare you send the pyramid head at me? (laughs) How dare you make me question everything in my life? (laughs) More than life itself, you know, real life. I don't need it in a game. It's supposed to be escapism. I don't need extra responsibilities. And and that was the other thing is that the writing of Silent Hill is that 
after part three, which even part three was nowhere near as strong as part two. Because part two, it, you're, you're dealing with everything with the idea of a man who's dealing with the guilt of his wife's death. And because Pyramid Head represents his repressed sexuality and you have things like this and you're supposed to think. At that point in time, I'm playing. I was playing games like Silent, like Devil May Cry, <laughs> and granted, it's actually funny just mentioning Devil May Cry. We wouldn't have that without Resident Evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But but you had games like that, and the only time, other time you would think of playing a game that really messes with your head would be something from Kojima, which yeah. that's not a bad thing. Before <laughs> Death Stranding. <laughs> and Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> yeah. Before those, two, you know what? I'm going to skip part Metal Gear Solid Four because that's just a glorified CGI movie. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it is. It absolutely is. Thank you. Someone else who uh, feels good to hear somebody else actually say well, it too. Put it this way, right? First time you play through it, it might be forty to fifty hours, right? Depending on difficulty. Say if you're on easy, it might be forty to fifty hours. Once you know what you're doing, and you play it a second time through, first time I played it through, 37 hours. Second time I played it through, 2 hours, 50 minutes, because I skipped everything. Mm. Yep, yep, that, that's exactly right. Yep. I don't need that much exposition. <laughs> there, was, there was an amazing um, piece of footage from some um, convention, I think, where they got a bunch of the people who were the voice actors for the first two Metal Gear Solid games together in a room and they're all chatting away in character and David Hayter turns to the camera and goes does anybody mind if I do a 45 minute monologue and like that that <laughs> is Metal Gear right <laughs> yeah, that is, it, yes it, it was, oh my god because Kojima because you really gotta go back and go back in time, the time machine there to when you talk about Snatcher. Yeah. <sighs> but I'm a huge Blade Runner fan, so of course I love I love um, Snatcher. It's, you go back and you play that, and you're just, wow, this game is so cool. But mm. there's, unless you play the Sega CD version, that one has an ending that was never put in the older versions. Yeah. Mm. So, and then, of course, the, his magnum opus, which was never released outside of Japan, you have to play unofficial translations, Police Knots. Yeah. Where Meryl comes from. Yes. And she has her foxhound tattoo and everything. Yep. All style with Meryl. That's who to blame. <laughs> which is funny, too, because and what's great about Police Knots is that it's pretty much lethal weapon in space. <laughs> yeah. What's not to like yeah. about those words? <laughs> yeah, I'll go for that. <laughs> and and it, it it's a really fun game, but then you get to Metal Gear Solid 1, and then that's when the convolution starts. Yes. And, and I swear, I think we all remember, like, there was that period of time where every game that came out on, like, PlayStation, PS2, it had to be so convoluted. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid, is it Shadow of Memories? That was one. You know, the the weird ones where the the graphics weren't great, but the story was so batch crazy, but you had to play it because it's, 
What am I doing this for? Oh, he'll explain. Really? I've got more questions and answers, and I've got a wrench. What's going on? And <laughs> <laughs> of course, I have to say it. I have to say Final Fantasy VIII. I have to, <laughs> I have to say Final Fantasy VIII. Because Exception to the rule. I think that one. <laughs> you, know, you know what's really funny is that I actually met somebody else who experienced this. I remember when I was a child, every copy of Final Fantasy VIII I ever got the fourth disc never worked. Never worked. And I finally met somebody else recently who had this happen. So we had both played all the way up to the third disc, but we had no idea what the end of the story was. Like for me, I had always asked, I went, what is with the weird times, time, going back in time scenes? What does this man have to do with Squall? I don't understand anything. I don't like this game. <laughs> Why do I have to name my own ring on my finger? What the hell's going on? Exactly. <laughs> and then I finally just recently went, oh, forget this. I'm going on, I'm going on Final Fantasy VIII Wiki. Oh, 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 that does make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I, it's just that older maturing mentality that you're like, oh, I can actually appreciate this. But also certain parts of Final Fantasy VIII, the fourth disc, you go, what? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of it makes sense, but what? <laughs> Why? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Brain hurts, I'm so confused. I just... Mind you, there's a bit of that in every Final Fantasy game, I think. You just go, hey? <laughs> now, I'm going to actually go back into my favorite game on PlayStation. This was my favorite point-and-click game ever. And this is how I got introduced to the author and I fell in love with him. Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Oh, man. It, yes. It, genius. It was genius. Absolutely. Every, Absolutely. Everything, about, everything about Discworld was genius. Renfield. Oh, my goodness. When you find the treasure finally and the dragon's just sitting there looking at you and it's just, you really think you're just going to walk out of here with the treasure. <laughs> and Renfield's just like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they banish the dragon, and because Rin, because um, Rincewind says it Rincewind so many times, yeah, Rincewind says mentions the dragon so many times, it just pops up, yeah. and you got to deal with it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the lush, the lush death. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, love, yeah. love, love me some Discworld. Absolutely, oh, love me some yeah. Discworld. I love, I love Discworld very much. The, the color of magic. Genius. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, uh, for me, yeah, the, the, that first, I think it was the second one, I think, that got me into, because I don't think I played the first Discworld uh, point-and-click game when it came out, but I remember we the second, the second one. one on PC. Yeah, yeah. We had the second one. I remember the second one very vividly, and it was I played that, and then I was like, who's this Terry Pratchett guy? I'm going to go check this out. <laughs> and that started a lifelong obsession with reading all of his books, go. right? There you go, Discworld 2, Death Missing Presumed, Gateway Drug into his books. I'm Absolutely. just saying it. We're, we're all thinking it. Absolutely. Exactly. Oh my goodness. It's when you go down the when you go down the rabbit hole of Terry Pratchett's books, you just you're not going to be disappointed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean it, it, how can you how can you not like a point and click adventure game that starts with Death singing a song about how wonderful death is? Right? <laughs> exactly. It's, exactly. Uh, Exactly. Genius. And then how do you get past the first chapter? You've got to convince someone that you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Now, 
<laughs> With modern day technology, I kind of wish we would get a adventure game of a Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Give me a mo- give me a new one. Yep. Because like at first when I first watched the movie for Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy, I will admit I was one of the people who was like, "Oh, this is actually pretty good." But then I went and I listened to the radio drama, and I went, "I don't like the movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the movie anymore." <laughs> Yep. I'm going to go listen to the radio drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think we need I mean, a, oh, sorry, switch. I was going to say, it, it, I think it would be possible, but you need the right person or group team of people to adapt it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, You're 100% correct. You need the right... It's, it's so easy to just, just to absolutely destroy something. Because mm-hmm. you think, oh, this would be funny. Nah. No, case no, no, in point, no, no. this is the only time I'll go there. Case in point, the last series of Game of Thrones, there was no book to base it on, and that was a dumpster fire. Oh, oh no, I'm 100% with you on that one. Apart from one episode. I will say happens. one episode was awesome, and that was when the White Walkers attacked. But I'm, I'll get ahead of myself here. I won't mention it anymore. But, uh, you know. I was just going to say, that's the perfect example of when writers think they're a better writer than the actual author. There we go. Best, best way to say it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And it's on record, so I'm just going to mention this. It's on record. The author of um, Game, of uh, Game of Thrones, when anyone asks him about, is something going to happen to this character, he killed them off on purpose because they were, he was asked about it <laughs> over the years. That's what he did I like that. in the books. If people bugged him, he killed off their favorite characters. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is very brilliant. That, that the is- author being a troll. That's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> God dang, gosh darn, I did not know that, but it is good. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Interestingly enough, um, we did. I did actually have an interview with... Uh, with uh, Greg Barnett? Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, my, my brain just blanked. It was like, good luck with the rest of this sentence, sucker. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I actually interviewed Greg Barnett, the... The producer, director, and writer of the first two, uh, well, all three of the Discworld point-and-click games. So that's that's findable on the website, and I will link it in the show notes for anyone who's listening and wants to check oh. that out. But yeah, oh I'm, please do that. I can guarantee that that will be something that I will actually go back and listen to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 talked about how he got into games. We talked about how he secured the rights to uh, Discworld. I won't spoil the story, but um, a very large video game publisher was involved, and they dropped the ball, uh, but in the most fantastic way. Um, And, uh, and yeah, we talked about, like, why do some of the puzzles in those games actually exist? And, uh, yeah, so it's definitely worth giving that a listen uh, if you're interested in that. Um, but oh, yeah, I'm very much, I'm very much interested, and you know, I think just the ultimate point. I would just personally, just just personally for myself, but mm-hmm. these three franchises: Persona, Silent Hill, and Resident Evil. These are three. Well, two of them at least stretch back to the Nintendo because Persona started is a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, which started on Nintendo called Mega Ten Mega Ten Tensei. Mm-hmm. And then went on the Super Nintendo, and then on the PlayStation, they did the spinoff, Shemigami Tensai Persona. So, at least two of these franchises started out on Nintendo and continuing on. And granted, Silent Hill has been with us since PlayStation. It's just, these are the three closest examples of games that they introduced me to the world of not just gaming, just playing video games, but to real storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love books. I love, and I will always say thank you to these three franchises specifically. Thank you, Shinji Mikami, because you taught me what real storytelling craft is and how you can stretch it for years without losing any kind of quality over it. And I will always respect that man for that. <laughs> I will respect everyone on their teams for that. It's like, yeah, you guys, you show someone that real craft is. <laughs> okay, so I've, I've got a question, and then I've got a bit of a gaming confession. So I'll do the question first. So you say you're a massive Resident Evil fan, right? Yes. Have you played... Gonna get a groan here from Jay, but have you played Resident Evil Gaiden on the Game Boy Color? Oh my! Okay, okay. That game technically wasn't released. You would have to play it on emulator. Oh, okay. So perhaps it it did. It got a release in the UK. I know that it got a release. Oh in Japan. no! Oh, I apologize. Oh. I should have said it like that. Here in the states, it didn't get a traditional yeah. release. It didn't. Yeah, release it did release in overseas in the U- in Europe. So I played it on emulator. Oh boy! <laughs> I think that's all I can say is, oh boy. Well, is is a weird one for you. That's my favorite Resident Evil game. There's after, nothing wrong with that. It, after I've played all of them, I always gravitate back to that one because I I call it it's Resident Evil does Rock Band. <laughs> that is the best way to put it. Oh and my goodness. I, I had Taru, man. Yeah, I, I had a few of my friends. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Chief, who's been on the show, he came around and I said, Have you ever played Resident Evil Gaiden? And he, he's, his usual way he goes, Yeah, yeah, no, no. And I went, Oh, okay. So I just I just got my Game Boy call it was on the shelf, put the cartridge in, and I went, There you go. What? Go on, have a go. He died. Because I didn't explain anything, but I went, There you go. What is this? I said, it's a Resident Evil game on the Game Boy Color that wasn't the beta version of the first one. Off your pop. What's the controls? No, don't work like that. <laughs> Go on. It didn't last long. Uh. <laughs> I just like the way you say it. It's like, go on. Go, go. Yeah. Have fun. Have fun. It's just, Why? Why would you do this to me? Because <laughs> it's funny. It's funny just to see him, because he's very vocal when he doesn't understand anything. He's like, what? What, I, I, what am I? I'm, I'm dead now. Well, go, go again. Go on. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh. So. <laughs> I was yeah. just going to say, the most frustrating Resident Evil for me was Resident Evil Outbreak. Because you have to have that gosh darn PS2 hard drive to make it where it would load functionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because other than that, it was like, this is the Resident Evil I always wanted. You play as a regular person. Each person has different skills. If you get bit by so many zombies, you turn into a zombie. Granted, it only lasts for a minute, but still, it's kind of fun. Mm. But those load times. Oh, my goodness. Those load times. Dull. To door, to door, to door, to more doors. To do- you know, it was the outbreak games that made me finally snap and hate door animations. <laughs> and it wasn't the fact the door was being opened; it was the fact that the game had to show your character opening the door. Mm. No, just give me the door; it'll load quicker. But it was, it was also 
that it had to uh, synchronize the world, right? You go through that door and it needs to go, right? Who should be here? Who are you playing with? And who's just said they're going to walk through the door? So then it has to sort of synchronize with everyone else. And I think because it was one of the first sort of action um, MMOs that they were, you know, they weren't really ready for it. And I I genuinely believe that a a new Resident Evil outbreak would be, would be wonderful. I think it could really, really work. Set it in the Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake timeline and just have that, right? The outbreak has happened. It's using the RE engine and you've got to escape with all of your friends. That, that could, that could be brilliant, right? Yeah. Oh, you're a hundred percent correct. It's I. That's why I've been let down with kind of the last kind of online when they were talking about the releases and they show us RE verse, and I'm like, why are you going with the typical like five v one or Fortnite ripoff? You guys had the perfect formula. Go back to Outbreak. That is your money maker. Especially now, because you have the ability to make it better than what it was, and and you could you could split it. You could have like, you know, you, you could have two control schemes. You could have right, okay, this is this is your standard action control scheme behind the camera. You got to help each other out, or fix camera angles, tank controls. Yeah, see who actually. And you could see who would gravitate to each one because me tank controls every time. Yeah, give me my tank controls. I just, yeah, it, I, I'm I'm so I'm so used to it. <laughs> that, that, that's what I grew up on. Mm. <laughs> Playing the Resident Evil Two remake, it's just it's too smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too smooth. I need blocky textures and being clipped on a corner while a zombie munches me. I don't need this smooth stuff. <laughs> Angry Man shakes fist at a cloud moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you remember doing the... It, oh my goodness, another piece of genius of the Resident Evil 2 remake. When you're doing the hunkin' tofu mode. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes, Me yes, and my little yes. brother were obsessed with that mode. He actually unlocked every version of tofu. It, I was actually mesmerized when he did the final version where he, all he had was just a rocket launcher with the tofu. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> you get, you get like two bites. You're dead with the tofu. And he's just magically just, Oh, just doesn't stop running. <laughs> yeah, you got the, me in the background. Run, <laughs> run that jiggliness. <laughs> 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 and the genius of having five or six different types of tofu with different berets on as well mm. my personal favorite i'll say just f- giggles was the way you've got like your inventory full of grenades <laughs> i've never laughed so hard in my life because i kept getting caught in the blast myself <laughs> so i throw a grenade and half the body's gone you know still fun. Uh, oh no for me every time it would be when you finally round that corner and here comes Mr. X and you're just oh god this isn't fair <laughs> this isn't even fair yeah. and then you go outside and there's there's nowhere to move <laughs> that's safe yeah. mm. 
I still haven't really played the Resident Evil 3 remake. I bought it. I own it on my Steam. It's just I haven't sat down to playing it yet. What I would say is um, don't try not to listen to popular opinion about it because it's a bit polarized. Um, play it for what it is. Form your own opinions on it because I've got a couple of friends who instantly just slated the crap out of it despite the fact I never played it. Mm-hmm. Um... And it, that did my head in. But I just said, just play it for yourself. And they said, well, I'm, I'm not going to buy it. I said, well, you know, this, you know, I said, when it's safe, come round. You know, from unfortunateness we've got going on. I said, when it's safe, come round. Sit down on my PC and you can play it. Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not charging you. It's a few hours of your time. I'll even let you use my character that's got infinite ammo stuff unlocked. Just play it for what it is. No, I'm not doing that. I think, I think a lot of people forgot that Resident Evil 3 was meant to be uh, less of a survival horror, more of an action, run around, solve puzzles and shoot things game. And uh, and I think because they forgot that that was the original intention of the original game, because uh, it was, oh my goodness, what, what was the name of the guy? I forgot the name of the guy who directed it, but he, 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 did, he, he took it in that direction because he didn't like horror. Right, and it, the, and so he's like, I just want to make an act, a dumb action game. You run around, you shoot stuff. It'd be brilliant. Um, which is why on the original version in the on the PlayStation, when you start playing it, if you choose easy mode, you've got you know machine gun with loads of ammo because it's Ball like flips, yeah, yeah. Let's just have fun and, and and shoot loads of zombies and loads of stuff, right? And then then Resident Evil Two Remake happens, and what they obviously did was they took the horror elements of the the original game and dialed it all the way up to 11, right? And so when Resident Evil 3 came out, the remake, because, you know, people were clamoring for it, and they remade the original game, not let's do a Resident Evil 2 remake but with Jill. They forgot that the game that that was being remade was an action, run-around, shooty game, not a scary walk-around-slowly-and-you-know, um, brown trousers time you know it was they forgot that and so when they came to it they were like oh well it's just a dumb run around shooty game and I'm like yes because it's a remake of a dumb run around shooty game I did, uh, <sighs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something Brian you, you probably don't know this and this is God's honest truth when Resident Evil 2 remake first came out in classic style bought it downloaded it this is before i got um light stream so it took oh. me like half a day to yeah, download yeah. The so it, it's worth pointing right. out just so you just so you get the the full context here brian that squidge had avoided everything about the game he'd avoided the reviews he'd avoided youtube he'd avoided twitter everywhere you could get resident evil 2 remake information from he cut it out of his life until he could play the game it was it was difficult that's really like what I've been doing with part three right now. Yours, your, what you just said about the game was actually the first I've actually listened to anyone talk about it. Right. So, so in, in classic style, as you might imagine, if it's a, a scary game, you wait till it's dark. You have headphones on. You don't oh, have the lights on, no. right? I can one-up this. I've played Resident Evil before. I'm a bit cocky. Nightmare won't be that difficult. 
I got honest truth I managed to get past the first Birkin fight I have no idea how but I got past the first Birkin fight and I thought I'll go back into the police station I was playing as Leon get back into the police station right I've got to get bits and bobs for this Mr X shows up after half an hour of trying to run away from him and failing getting killed plenty of times um I had a panic attack at three o'clock in the morning. I turned the console off and it took me a full hour to calm down. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Then the next day, because it was it was a it was a Friday that I got it. The next day on a Saturday, I texted Jay and I said, I'm gonna put it on easy. I can't do nightmare. I tried. I got halfway through the police station bit and I I remember I said to him, I've said, Vengeance will be mine. <laughs> I'm gonna take down Mr. X. I do not care. Roll on four months later, because I got it on PC, I modded it so Mr. X was the goose from Untitled Goose Game clopping around. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Just, you hear clopping, you see those big winds, and you you hear this, (laughs) as it's going for you. Just, oh. So much better than the... uh, Oh my goodness. Uh, that is amazing. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna hit you with a gaming confession now because I haven't done one of these in a while. Oh, here we go. Apart from what I've seen Jay play, because he played was it the fourth one on the PS2? You got Persona Four. Mm-hmm. There's one of them, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I've only apart from what I've seen Jay play on the PS2 and my own experience with. Um, Persona 5 Strike Force or whatever it is on the Switch the new one that's more Dynasty Warriors style um, I'd never I've never played a Persona game and the first thing Jay showed me was I just heard this come in here what get in here I walked in and there was his character with his head stuck in a TV yes and I took one look at it and I said what the hell am I supposed to make of this <laughs> his head stuck in the TV and someone's talking to him and you just see this guy's back and his legs you know, and his head stuck in the TV, and he said, "What is this?" And he, he just laughed at me. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god! You, you, okay, I'm going to actually say, yeah, m- simply must go back and play Persona Three because mm. starting with three, oh my goodness, because that game it kind of. It created so many archetypes, so many tropes you see in JRPGs now. Mm. Especially when dealing with the silent protagonist. Like, instead of him just being... Because, like, if we think back to, like, even back with Final Fantasy VII, Cloud had no personality in the PlayStation game. Mm-hmm. He had no personality. He didn't... There were no scenes where you were going to laugh your butt off at... At what, Cl- at what Cloud does. The only time that happens when he was in drag, I will admit, that part is funny as hell. Just because of Tifa and Aerith's reactions to what they're saying to the guy on the bed. Don Corneo? Yeah, Don Corneo. Yep. Well, what, it, because of the threats. But it's only because those two are there and adding to it. Now, in Persona 3, that created the long-running joke of when you have multiple relationships... Something bad happens. <laughs> Cause in, now in Persona 3, there's two 
it also creates to where you have a chance to save yourself with this. Mm-hmm. This is actually a secret of the game. Because you can have multiple relationships and you get caught. But if you are actually have gone and made best friends with all the guys, they will all team up to save you. <laughs> it is the funniest, and this happens in every persona after it. You just have to be in a relationship with every chick at the time. Because <laughs> in Persona 3, what happens is you're sitting there, and the first main girl walks in and goes, Oh, hey, honey. And then another girl walks in and hears that and goes, Wait, what did you just say? And then another one walks in and goes, Wait, are you? And then another one walks in and they're all like, And then all the guys quickly get together and they go, One character looks at another one in the eyes. Another one looks at another one. And then they all look at you. They nod. Hey, can you come with me for a second? And they all start <laughs> leading them all out of the room. Like, hey, I need you to follow me. <laughs> and then it, it has to add in that they all give you a nod as they're walking out of the room. <laughs> and that's a long-running joke that was created from Persona 3. Cause that, and that's when, cause that's when they introduced the idea of going out, creating relationships with other characters. Cause yeah, the social also aspect. In, Yes, the social links. Because then you also cannot get the true ending of the game unless you've done that. And there's actually a set number of social links Mm. that you have to acquire to get the true ending of the game. Because what will happen is you'll be fighting the final boss and he will one-shot you. There's nothing you can do. Mm. He will just one-shot you. And unless you've done this, you will not hear the voices go, we're here for you. And then you'll slowly see the animation of all the other people come up and revive you. Because mm. unless you've done that, your game ends. And I, I was like, you cheeky <laughs> You little cheeky <laughs> Cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. Because <laughs> the first time I played, I was like, I ain't doing no social links. I just want to beat the game. <laughs> Did that and I was like, oh, you're going to make me play the game for its actuality and actually play the story. Fine then. Afterwards, I was like, why did I ever skip this? I will never skip another game story ever. (laughs) Come on, Persona. I just want to beat the crap out of stuff. Don't make me socialize. I'm inside not socializing. Yeah, right. You're making me socialize. (laughs) What the hell? And then you're like, stop making me feel things with these social links. Because each one actually has a storyline that will hit your heart. Mm. It's not just something silly towards, oh, you guys meet together. It's It actually, you have one friend who's in a relationship with a teacher and you have to escort him through this. Mm. You have to be there for him when the teacher is like, dude, you're a child. I'm not leaving my husband for you. And he's like, I'm going, I'm going to do something bad to myself. And you have to stop that from happening. Yeah. Cause he's like, dude, you're a child. That was an adult. They're in the wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you, you get things like that. And it's just, and I remember playing, I'm like, dude, I'm like 18 years old. I'm I'm used to like games that were just like didn't even touch on subjects like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is real things. And then you go to Persona 4 and group of kids hunting after a serial killer. Yep. <laughs> like wow, this is deep. Mm-hmm. It, this so deep a Dell could roll in it. Yeah. <laughs> Not my joke, I stole that from someone I just want to make that perfectly clear <laughs> And then Persona 5 That game actually messes with your mind 
Because like I watched my brother play, put two hundred hours into that game. Wow. So he got past the tutorial then. I mean. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that amount of hours. I know. I know. Persona games are long. That's why I said it. <laughs> but I'm actually going to tell you. It wasn't one of those games where it feels like a drag where you're like, oh my goodness, I'm grinding, just grinding. It's very rewarding. You're rewarded with a story that you want to know more. You want to know where those twists and turns are coming from. Yeah. And that's that's why I... And of course you get introduced to... Which every children should be introduced is to mythology. You get introduced to all forms of mythology. It's you're not just getting from Japanese folklore. You're not just getting from Chinese folklore. You're getting from Scandinavian, Germanic, English. It, ah, then you're getting ancient relig- religions like Sumerian. It's you have most people who don't even know who Gilgamesh comes where Gilgamesh comes from, mm-hmm. and you actually get an actual description of what these deities are. Mm-hmm. And I will really respect that. And I'm like. You're introducing people to culture, and I will always respect that. Yeah. And that's why I love the Persona series, because it's just... The stories are so deep. It's It can be a little daunting and intimidating when you're like, there's so many little side things to do. I don't want to do this. <laughs> don't make me do this. But... Once you start doing it, it, you do feel that sense of like reward. Mm-hmm. Even from just like a simple conversation you'll have during the social link, you're like, "Oh man, that hit me in the heart." Mm-hmm. My God, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's I, beautiful. I'm teared up. <laughs> I do think, Squidge, that you would. Um, I think you'd really like Persona Four. Um, it has a really cool sort of. Uh, I mean. All of the Persona games have a, a cool sort of anime aesthetic to them, but uh, I think that the the story of the fourth one would sort of sit really well with you. And and the silly things like sometimes when you enter into a battle, you can all rush the enemy. Like the battle starts, you hit triangle, and you all just sort of leap on the enemy, and it's like a oh you know one of the old cartoons where it's just clouds of dust and arms and legs coming out. And you get. I mean, it's brilliant. You do realize that if I do play Persona 4 mm-hmm. and someone asks me, can you explain the story of Persona 4? I'm going to end up looking like that meme from Always Sunny, you know, where you got the <laughs> cigarette in hand and there's all the... It's a conspiracy, you know, the conspiracy thing. It's a conspiracy, Mac. Yeah, it's, that's going to end up being me. Well, we start here mm-hmm. and there's tons of strings everywhere, different color strings, and it goes from there and it, it'll be like three hours later and I haven't got past introducing the characters. Absolutely. That much stuff. Yeah. That'll happen. You realize yeah, right? Yeah. Hey, we're not talking Kingdom Hearts here. <laughs> this isn't Kingdom Hearts level of just... <laughs> I, I still have no idea what that story is about. Neither do I, and I've played them all. Nobody I, I have no idea. I do not understand them, and I've played them all too. Like... Honestly, for me, I thought Birth by Sleep should have been where it ended. They, they should have ended it at Birth by Sleep. There yeah, you go. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I... Oh, my head. Oh, my yeah. brain. Don't, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Think about something else. Think about Pink Elephants. Anything but Kingdom Hearts. It'll hurt. <laughs> oh, God, no. It's all flooding back. Back to Persona. Get back to Persona. Okay, yep. I'm good. Safe area. Get to the safe area of Persona. 
Don't know. Safe space. Ma- Safe space. It's the persona space. The persona <laughs> space. <laughs> Social element. Tracking a serial killer. All the nice stuff. Get yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I, I do think ah, you'd Teddy. enjoy it. It's great. Teddy. Oh, Teddy's awesome. <laughs> Teddy is awesome. Right. I, oh. I tell you, Squidge, right? You go and play 10 hours of Persona 4 and tell me that you don't think that Teddy is awesome, and I will think that you're not a human being. It's that simple. <laughs> well, it depends. What can you get it on? So I've got it on my PS2, so I can lend you the PS2 with the. So I've got um, I've got a, a modded PS2 with a hard drive installed on it, and so it will load faster than it would off of a disc. And it's also um, an undub, so it's like it's got the Japanese audio but the English subtitles. But there's a toggle in it to put the English audio back in, so you got the best of both worlds, right? I'm jealous. That actually sounds like an amazing copy. Because yeah. I know, I know there was Persona Four. They re-released it for Steam, but it's got some copper protection. I'm not fond. Yeah, of. that that's. I believe that's yeah, I the one that was released for um, for PS3. There's like Persona Four, uh, Golden, Golden uh, Summer. Yeah, go- yeah. PS4 yeah. the Golden. I almost said P- Persona Four Golden Showers. Then that's not the same game. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the mods again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. One of the mods. <laughs> there's a mob in the game that makes this even worse because it just looks like a giant palace <laughs> on a chariot <laughs> <laughs> there's also um, I think you get a kick out of Squidge there's a, an enemy in the game that are supposed to be like muscle men but they are essentially Hulk Hogan right this was a palette swapped Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so. Oh my god! I just remembered that's for the bathhouse part yep. of the game. The one thing I do know about Persona 4, which someone told me, which made no sense, there is a boss in the game, and apparently you get like time progression, don't you, in the game? So different seasons, different sort of things, right? One of yes. the bosses in the game, if you take him on. During winter, he has a cold and he's got a quarter of his health and a quarter of his strength because the boss has a cold and it's the easiest way to take him down. I don't know which one. Some sort of Gundam-looking thing. Some sort of machiney pointy Gundam-looking thing. God knows what it is. It, it's sort of like it's one of the bigger epic boss battles, but if you do it in winter, it's got a cold and all its stats are down. So it's easy to push over, apparently. It's been it's been years since I played it, so I'll have to play it again and, and Oh my that goodness, one. I gotta go back and play it again yeah, and do yeah. this. <laughs> Maybe you could join me, Squish. Yeah, we could we could play if, it together. I mean I I found it as a random YouTube thing, but I'm pretty sure if you Googled um bosses done easy on Persona 4, you'll come up with it. What I'd like to do, right, I've just sent Squidge a, a text message with a screenshot of Persona 4 with the totally not Hulk Hogan characters, and I wonder if we can get his live reaction right now. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean? They're totally not Hulk Hogan. Zoom <laughs> <laughs> in. <laughs> that reaction! That reaction! That, right, those Hulk Hogan things with the mask on, that's sort of like beta bayonetta bad guys. That's what it looks like. It's all more like angels and they've got masks on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
goodness. That's just all kinds of wrong. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a question, and the question is, and I'm going to pose it to both of you, Squidge and Brian. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be, uh, if you don't mind, we'll let Brian go first because he's had a couple of seconds extra to think about it. Okay. Suppose you meet someone who is of a similar vintage, a similar age, similar experience to you in video games, but they have never played a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill. And you are allowed to recommend one game from each series. So you're allowed to recommend them one Resident Evil game to play and one Silent Hill game to play that that um, sort of represents the entire series in one game. Right? I don't know whether you can tell, listener, but I'm trying to slowly goad him to not saying Resident Evil Gaiden. Um, so it has to represent <laughs> the entire series. I promise right? nothing. I promise nothing. <laughs> so you've you've met this unicorn who's never played a survival horror game. You're going to get them to sit down and play a Resident Evil and a Silent Hill, or a Silent Hill and a Resident Evil, whichever order. Which games are they going to play? Which games are you going to suggest? Well, all right. To start, I'm going to have them sit and I'm going to have them play Resident Evil Two Dual Shock. On the original version of Resident Evil 2. So they can experience the glory of that of the horror experience with the tank controls. And just... It's the best way. That's what Resident Evil is. It's that encroaching fear. And those tank controls being your ultimate downfall. Where you're just... No! I'm so scared. Yet I can't run around this corner. <laughs> and then for and then for silent hill it's going to be the original silent hill too because that's just the perfect example of what silent hill 2 is to best describe the horror the sense of dread and of course the story that there we go and those would be the two i would love to give our unicorn before I submit them to this menagerie. <laughs> okay. So, you've had some time to think, Squidge. Uh, I, th- I think, Brian, those are some very, very solid, very solid choices. I applaud you on those choices. Squidge has had some time to think, and hopefully he's not going to choose Gaiden, but he's going to choose it just to, just to mess with me. Squidge, your Resident Evil and Silent Hill game choices... For the magical unicorn of a person who has never played either, what are they? You, you've got very little faith in me, haven't you? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> very little faith. Right? So, Resident Evil, I'd pick the OG Resident Evil. Um, way back in the day. Not the uh, director's of DualShock. No. 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 Not not with the uh, the trumpet music, which I can't I can't listen to because I end up laughing too much. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil, it would be the perfect explanation for if anyone says they want a Jill sandwich, it'd explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, you play through a game where the only time you can tell when you're close to death is by checking your inventory, mm-hmm. and just it's just where it began, you know the. I mean, if if you sat someone down in front of Resident Evil and then they ended up completing it, they'd probably still ask you, 
what did I just play and what's the story of it? <laughs> because it's... I'm not saying it doesn't have good storytelling, but it's... Yeah, what, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell did I just experience? Yeah, why, why this mansion? What the story? Why am I shooting stuff? Why is there only one toilet? People will pick up on these things. It's not the most important thing, but now that I've said there's only one toilet, that's what you're going to zone in on now. Mm-hmm. Everything. Anything. Oh, I was on that podcast. What, what, what do I remember from it? The mansion's only got one toilet. It, it, Seriously, I, there's, there's, there's more toilets in the guardhouse than there is in the mansion, <laughs> and there's none in the lab. What? I, I hate the fact that you've brought this up because this is all I can think about now is <laughs> where are the bathrooms? Maybe maybe the researchers have to just really hold it and and run, right? It's got to hold it no, in they, they, and run away. What happens is they have they have um, they have residencies right. in the Resident Evil mansion in the labs. They're there for three years and then at the end of them three years they explode. <laughs> the pressure. Maybe something like that. Um, but <laughs> but, but, um, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh yeah, oh yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. I would sit in front of the first Resident Evil, in front okay. of the OG, just you know, yeah, good luck with the story, good luck with surviving. I'll be back tomorrow. If you've got any questions, I won't answer them. Have fun, you know. <laughs> um, and for Silent Hill, um, I'm not going to go serious on this because I can't, it'll be Silent Hill for the room. Right. You monster! <laughs> one reason and one reason only. When you hit the nurses, they bap. I'm sorry. What? There's a part where you're escorting a character, and it's all time based on what you do. And what have you. I know what he's talking. And there's a corridor, and there's a load of nurses that come towards you, and there's very little in the way of actual ranged weaponry. So you've got like a a pipe, a bat, or someone's severed leg. You know the usual. And when you hit them. They don't go, oof, or move backwards. They actually make a burping sound. So if you catch more of them in one swing, you hear multiple burps. Also, also the room, the, the, the apartment you're in, the room at one point becomes so oppressive. If you've played the room, you'll know what I'm on about. The ghost. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this room's so oppressive. Really? <laughs> and it's, and it's, first, it's in a first-person perspective, so it... Yeah. I just want to know, what, you're always staring at the girl. I, I, I feel awkward. It's like, ugh. <laughs> Do I have to play this creep? <laughs> I mean, and th- then you realize the story's so convoluted and you believe that the the antagonist, he believes, is it 317? He believes uh, an apartment in a building is his mother. Damn! Yep. 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 Oh goodness gracious! It's you want you want Silent Hill back crazy. Play the room because I played it. I completed it. I there's only one ending I didn't get, and I still couldn't tell you what happens. <laughs> I know there's some sort of rod which stops ghosts chasing you. I know that if you can, if you get one of the better endings, one of the women you bump into at the beginning instead of wearing her normal costume, she's in lingerie. I know that there's. There's chairs and tables that batter the hell out of you. I know that at one point you're transported to a a prison in the middle of a lake where more ghosts are chasing you. And I also know that 
it links back to the other games, but that's some that's some real deep dive stuff there. But it's just, I would say, play the room because most of them are self-contained stories anyway, apart from the link between one and three. Just play it, and then after you get through that, what I consider a dumpster fire of a show of a game, then I'll put you on the first one so you can appreciate it more. <laughs> so you're literally going to be pulling a Silent Hill yourself. I'm going to torture you real quick. I'm going to show you some very disturbing images. And then, then... You can have this. <laughs> then you can have the original, and all the time you're playing through the intro of the original, you're, the only thing you're going to think of is, why did those nurses burp? <laughs> why were there weird two-headed babies with long arms? Yeah, forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see their bodies. All you see is just two baby heads with a black cloak with really long arms. <laughs> mm. <laughs> why does this exist? Yeah, so if so, long story short, don't come to me if you want to get introduced <laughs> to certain game franchises because I will ninja your brain. Fair enough. So if anything, if anything, you know, take from this that the Spencer Mansion has one toilet and that Silent Hill for the room, when you hit nurses, they burp. And I'll end by saying thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm still traumatized by the fact that I never thought the fact of oh, the fact that the Spencer Mansion only had one toilet. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. My mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> so, to go off that, there had to have been a special clause in the contract called the poop clause. <laughs> I hope you don't like going number two because you will not be doing much of that here. <laughs> Imagine they had like a rota, and after a couple after a couple of weeks, everyone just got used to the timing of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I need to go, but it's not my turn. <laughs> wow! The one pe- the one person hanging around the toilet waiting thirty seconds before someone else shows up. I'm going in. Close the door and lock it. It's not your turn. You didn't show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> you have the, ju- the ju- guy who's coming in with the newspaper, and everyone's just, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> Carl's taking the paper in with them. That means he's going to be in there an extra 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, so, let's say this, right? Okay, because I, I, I'm just conscious of the time. We've been doing this for a number of hours. I'm having loads of fun. I hope you guys are, too. Um, and I've, oh, I've actually had so much fun. Uh, yeah, you see, that's what I love about this. So you can just connect with wonderful people, make new friends, and just have loads of fun. Um, what I'll say is, because we've been going for a while, um, I what I would love to do, Brian, is maybe have you back on the show. We could talk some more about video games. Um, but, uh, oh, please. Uh, totally, yeah. You're always welcome on the show. Please just... Let us know. We'll arrange another 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 session where we just sit around and giggle for two hours. I love it. <laughs> but what I'd like to say to you, Brian, is let the people know how they can get in touch with you and all of the things that you're in, that you're interested in and all the things that you're doing, right? Because 
They, they, they want to know. They want to know. Thank you so much for letting me, for, let, first I'd just like to say thank you so much for letting me have a little time right here. Well, everyone online, my name is the Nerdy Cephalopod, love the tentacles, and you can all find me with, with another group, it's called Infinite, Infinite Nerd Theorem. And just, and just like those thousand monkeys going on a thousand typewriters, we may one day write Shakespeare, but we're going to get a lot of smut first. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we do a lot of skits, sketches, we, we do a roundtable podcast, and I'd love to have you two join us someday. Totally. Because we, we like to talk about everything from maybe physics, still theories, relating with film, books. We talk about a little bit of everything. That's the beauty of the infinite nerd theorem. Because... <laughs> It's infinite. Absolutely. And then, of course, I also do a few one-shots with Dungeons & Pop. Because outside of here, I do co- I call myself an amateur comedian and voice actor. In other words, I'm a broke comedian and voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on Dungeons & Pop. You can actually find them on Spotify. And those are the few bases you can find me. So the Infinite Nerd Theorem you can find on YouTube and Twitch. Just look up Infinite Nerd Theorem. Cool. What I'll do is I'll get I'll make sure to put some links into the show notes, and then um, if I can't find them, maybe I can reach out to you uh, afterwards, Brian, and get some links. No problem. Um, excuse me. And yeah, yeah, you're always welcome on the show, my friend. I had an absolutely wonderful time. I had a complete blast doing this. I don't think I've laughed so much in a two-hour period for the longest time. You know. So thank you for that, I'm, my friend. I would, I would apologize for ninja in your brain, but no. Sorry, I'm not sorry. You know. <laughs> oh my goodness. My throat hurts from laughing so much, but it was all worth it. Because it, this has been just an absolute ball and i would love to come back if you would have me totally you're always welcome my friend you're always welcome oh no thank you so much awesome awesome well with that with that being said uh make sure to to check out all of the links to the stuff that brian's interested in and the stuff that he's doing uh they'll all be in the show notes uh on your podcatcher, if you click through, there'll be uh, a small sort of redacted, a small subset of those show notes. There'll be a link to the full set on the website. Um, so definitely click through to that and check all, all of those things. I'll put the picture that Squidge reacted to from Persona 4 into the show notes so you can react alongside him. Um, and uh, if you can't find those show notes, they will be on wafflingtailors.rocks. We're on Twitter. Oh, I'm just bashing this. We're on Twitter and Facebook under Waffling Tailors. Basically, if you Google the words waffling and tailors, you'll find us for pretty much everything. Um, but with that being said, my goodness, Brian, thank you ever so much for being on the show. Squidge, thank you for coming along with us. And thank you, everyone, for listening to such another amazing show. Thank you ever so much. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. 
Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Daguet. See the show notes for more details.